This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to The Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today I'm excited. I've got, I got to write all this stuff down, Shannon. You got so much stuff going on. We've got best-selling author, writer, teacher, life coach, mentor, international speaker. How are you doing today? <laughs> it is a lot. I do what I love. I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here with you today. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm so happy to have you and uh, looking forward to uh, spending a lot of time talking to you about uh, joy seeking. I know yes. it's not the name of the book, but Joy Seeker, your new book, which we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, which is great. And uh, But anyway, I was like, in, in every show, Shannon, I like to have people start off by kind of what's made you the woman you are today. I know you got a great story and uh, looking forward to diving into that today. Yeah, I'll start with that because as we were saying just before we got on, I haven't always been doing this. I've been writing. Actually, this is my this is my 10-year anniversary of writing and coaching awesome. and, and doing everything that I love. So it's a special year. It's been a Happy 10-year anniversary. Yeah, thank you so much. But you know, it wasn't always this way. As I was saying, I used to live in Chicago and I was in advertising a completely different career. And it looked like I had everything. I was dating a man who wanted to marry me, living in a big fancy loft. I was working with celebrities on advertising accounts. And everyone by the society standards, you know, everyone thought I was really happy, but I was crying myself to sleep at night. And I was also silently suffering from eating disorders and drug addiction. And it was just this, this period of my life that was just kind of, I was trying so hard to make things work. And it wasn't until I really got clear within myself First, I was diagnosed with clinical depression. Mm. So that was kind of a turning point, number one. And then I said, well, why am I feeling so depressed? And what I recognized is I wasn't being true to myself. What I, I didn't know what I wanted, but I knew what I was doing wasn't working. So I started to release things, started to let go of things that weren't working one by one. Uh, you know, left the job, moved back to where I came from, Portland, Oregon, and uh, left the relationship and became drug-free and addiction-free and depression-free by choosing to follow my heart and become a writer and help wow. others find their purpose and cho really choosing joy and, yeah. and, and making that a priority. So I want to spend some time on there because you said it and you enunciated it because it is a big word, but you said choosing and you leaned into that. Mm -hmm. I, all, I love that word. I think it's a great word because it's so much of what we do in life is a choice, right? And so exactly. I think once somebody has and, and gets the power of understanding that it is a choice, the much greater likelihood you're going to be successful, right? And I don't mean success just financially. It could be in, in any level of success. It is a choice. So true. And I didn't feel like I had a choice when I was depressed and I felt like the world was against me. But then I realized, and I write about this in my last book, The Self-Love Experiment, one of the principles is 
thinking you don't have a choice is a choice. Mm -hmm. And so often we get stuck in life, even in our debt, even in our situations where we feel like we're in a job that's not serving us or a relationship. And we feel like this is, this is all I got and I can't move forward. But as soon as we shift our mindset to say, okay, well, this may have not been a choice that I want, but it is a choice to stay stuck in it. What steps can I take to move out? So putting yourself into an empowered position is, is, a really powerful way to move forward. Yeah. But that's easier said than done too, right? Because I would assume when you were, uh, you know, clinically depressed, as you said, it's not easy just to get up and, oh, it's, yeah, I feel great. And now I'm happy. And because it's right. a choice, right? That's not easy. So kind of, if you can, maybe in, even in detail, kind of walk us through some of the, the darkest times and how you pulled yourself up and, and got out of those to have some of the, what we'd call the brighter times now. And I think that's such a, a good kind of distinction that it's not like you just wake up and everything's fixed. I think a lot of us are trying to get to that, that, that peak moment where we think it's all better, but really the goal is to just feel better. And so if you're in a position where you're feeling not so aligned or, or connected to yourself, if you can just focus one step, I'd like to feel better. And that's what I did. That's actually how I was able to heal my addictions and my drug addictions and my depression without medication. I was able to focus inward. And when we go inward, instead of looking outward, the outward is, oh, I'm going to go change my job and that will be the fix. I'm going to get a new relationship. I'm going to get out of debt. I'm going to lose the weight. All those things are great, but we keep seeking and searching for our fix in those. And then we get them and we're like, well, wait a second, something still doesn't feel good within. That's the cycle I was in. And that's what led to my newest book, which is Joy Seeker, which is an inward journey of discovering who you truly are. And one step by step, we, we actively say, I'm going to feel better. And so it's about getting in touch with yourself through intuition. So my intuition started to say things like start to clean out your closet. Like you have things like declutter your home, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so you take baby steps one step at a time. I often say we learn the way on the way. It's not like it's all painted for you. Each step you take reveals the next path. And then lo and behold, here I am 10 years later living my dream life, everything I set out to create. Right. So that's pretty amazing too, because you also have that risk of, I'm just going to leave my nice cush job uh, in Chicago. Sound like you were also in a relationship. And so mm-hmm. you just left that, right? You left that job and, and, took this jump and really didn't know if there's a parachute or not to catch you, right? Yeah. And what I found is the universe always rewards motion. I don't always agree with take the jump and the net will appear like leap because that's very scary. So what I did do is I would take steps uh, strategically. I built a bridge and in my coaching practice, I always talk about building that bridge. So I was a graphic designer in advertising And so I, instead of working for corporate, I became my own freelance graphic designer so I could have Mm. more freedom to pick my clients. And for the first three to five years of me building my business as a writer and coach, I also had about 70% of my income was from graphic design. And then there's a switch. There's always when you're pursuing your passion, as you know, an entrepreneur and kind of growing your passion into a full-time business, there's that switch where it becomes your lucrative business. But to really take the steps and be compassionate with yourself in the journey. I think looking back at my younger self, I wanted so much to just have it all work out right away, but we're still learning, right? Each step we're learning about who we are and we're learning about the industry and we're growing our trust in the marketplace. And I wrote that, tell yourself, I'll just ask that question now. If if you could look back and give yourself advice, let's go 12, 14, 15 years ago. Mm. What would that advice look like, Shannon? 
It's such a good question. Uh, you know, I would, I would absolutely say to follow your heart earlier because the, the root of most of my depression, I think for any of us, it's nourishing the nudge. We have nudges in us. I would have insights that I, I can live a life that feels better, but I'm terrified to go even dream about it. So if you're going 12 to 14 years ago, 14 years ago, I was in advertising thinking that's what I wanted. It was about 12 years ago when I was terrified of dreaming of anything else because what I was living was what I set out to live. And I talk about this in my book, Joy Seeker, how we, we often are afraid to dream. One, because sometimes what we want is out of our control, that soulmate or you know something that we feel like we don't have control of. Or also, we don't really know if it's possible. So we don't give ourselves permission to dream. And I think the advice I would give to my younger self or anyone listening is to don't be afraid to dream bigger and actually take guided action on those dreams yep. because we're here to live a life that feels good. We're here to live a life that we were made for. And in doing that, it takes courage, but the courage is so much more rewarding when you're showing up for yourself. That's right. And when you say dream bigger, I mean, I, I think the exact same thing. And we were talking before we started recording, you know, you're a life coach and author and all that. And, and I'm in the financial planning world where we're really doing a lot of life coaching, right? I mean, I just had lunch with a young couple today. And, and some of the things we talked about were the emotions of fear and greed when it comes to money, but also their long-term goals, where, where people want to live, where they want to vacation, exactly. all those things. And so I think it's so important, but I think, don't you think it's hard though to dream big for some people like to actually say there and, okay, I want to do X, but really what if it's X plus Y? How do you yeah, help people with that? Well, that's exactly it. We're, we're terrified of dreaming bigger because we're not sure if it's going to work out. But also I think on that same kind of notion, it hasn't worked in the past. Maybe we've tried it or we've seen it didn't work for others. So we're kind of sabotaging ourselves based on outward approaches. And so one thing we can really do is get in touch with the feeling of what and why we want it and let that drive us forward. So maybe dreaming bigger isn't necessarily the bigger house, but yep. being smarter financially, maybe, you know, downsizing so you can be financially free in two to three years. Or maybe it looks so much different than what we've been trained to think that it's supposed to look like. And I think that's what we really want to get clear about within ourselves. And we do that by aligning with our values. What do we value? Because every one of us is built in a very strategic way to honor what we, and that's how I got out of depression. I, I sat down and I said, what is it I truly value? I travel, I love travel, so I became a travel writer. Creative expression, helping people. So now I have a whole life that lives to and create, like really serves these values. And I, you do that in financial planning. Say, well, what, it, what is it you value? Let's work you towards that ultimately because we all want to be free, freedom, right? right Financially right. free. Absolutely. Absolutely. So talk to us about joy versus happiness. So somebody that mm -hmm. writes about joy, I think there's, uh, I'm always curious to know the definition that people may use on joy versus happiness. So walk us through that, Shannon. What do you think? Yeah, it's funny because when I was very depressed, I, I was searching for happiness. Happiness was the, the big picture. And what I realized in my journey throughout writing five books now is that happiness is a feeling and it goes away. Happiness is not a constant, whereas joy is a state of being. I truly believe that we can be in the depths of despair and sadness and frustration, but still find joy within it because joy is our birthright. Joy is an experience and it is something we don't go chase. It's something we allow and invite in. 
But how do you, but so if I'm that person right now and gosh, the sun is so bright coming in here, which you're is glowing. Good. There's, there's worse beautiful. problems, right? <laughs> so if you're watching this, like the, the sun is glowing on my face, but Spotlight. anyway, um, <laughs> it's easy to say that now, but, and I know, so, so you have experience with this, but what about the person right now says, Oh yeah, whatever, Shannon, Brett, you guys are just whatever talking about out of the side of your mouth. You don't even know what you're saying. It, you don't understand my situation, right? I had a death in the family or I'm financially stressed or I'm, whatever, just got a long-term relationship. Yeah. How do I find joy in that? Yeah. And that's exactly it. In fact, the, the concept for joy seeker, the book and the whole entire movement that I I lived started on the saddest day of my life. And it was, it was when Mm -hmm. I lost my best friend who was my dog, Tucker, who I adopted literally the day the doctor diagnosed me with depression. So she gave wow. me an option. She was writing up a prescription. And while she was doing that, I was reading an article in the, in the doctor's office on dogs can help with depression. So I immediately went to an adoption center and got a dog. So flash, flash, flash forward eight years, he died. And it was so traumatic for me that I found myself back in a depression, found myself um, in a place that was different in the sense of the grief, uh, the depression before, but the grief was so unbearable. And that is the moment where I said, I have to learn how to rely on nothing else outside of myself to find joy because this is the most unbearable experience of my life. And so that's when I realized that I am making a commitment to joy. So I was still in my grief. It's grief is there's no end date. It's different for everyone. So whether we're grieving or going through bankruptcy or whatever we're experiencing that feels so traumatic and just desperate, know that it's not accessing the joy in that moment to be like, ah, everything's amazing and rainbows. It's not that at all. It's saying I am committed to seeing my way through this. That's the true joy seeker. I like that. I am committed to seeing myself through this. Through this, yes. I, I am going to make it through because really, truly, the only way to is through. Like we have to go through these situations. And although it was the most traumatic event, that grief for me, it turned into the most beautiful experience of really discovering what true joy is, writing the book. My practice, my coaching practice is deeper. My writing is better for it. So yeah, it's a process. I love it. I love it. Because like you said, you got to find it in the moment. Sometimes that's really, really hard to do. Yes. Really hard to do. It is. And it's not about beating ourselves up when we can't find it in the moment. It's saying this moment is exactly as it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to be crying over the loss. I'm supposed to be experiencing this not having what it is I truly desire yet because I am growing as a person in these moments. So talk to me about accountability. How important is that uh, in your world that you live in today? And then if it is important, which I assume it is, uh, how do you track that? How do you hold yourself accountable? Accountability, I think, is one of the first steps to getting into a better situation for our life. And we have to become accountable for whatever situation we're in. I wrote a book before this called The Self-Love Experiment where I didn't love myself and I, I had gained a lot of weight and I was attributing that to all these other things and I said, wait a second, I have to take responsibility for my own life. I have to look at, I got myself into this body. I got myself into this debt. I got myself into whatever it was that I was putting blame on, I had to really stop. And I do this in my coaching practice and in my retreats where we say, okay, let's be accountable. I got myself into so I can get myself out. Because truly, we've been waiting for this hero, we're putting it on everyone else, like, you know, the politicians are going to save us, or whatever it may be, like someone, anything outside of us. Besides me, right. We have to take responsibility. As soon as you do, 
oh, everything changes. Like everything, as you know, as you plan with your, with your clients, like as soon as you set a plan and you set a goal, just flash forward one year from now, how much more free you can feel when you focus on that plan. Right. It is amazing. And, and when you focus on it, like you said, I mean, I think it's important to, to know that it's, it's not just write the plan down, put yeah. it on a piece of paper, and then it just happens, right? So, I mean, how often do you go back to your plan? How often do you review it? How often do you do maybe a scorecard? I mean, what is it you're doing to, to make that thing work? Yeah, for me, I do quarterly goals as well as yearly goals. And then I also do weekly and monthly goals for me. And they're not, I mean, it's not always goals. It's just intentions, yep. but it's very much a focused plan. So always check in with yourself. Where do I want to be one year from now? Where do I want to be three months from now, six months? And I break them down financially, spiritually, physically, mentally, career-wise, you know, relationships, personality. And don't forget legacy. Yep. Like what is the legacy you're working to create? And I think it's different for everyone. Some people really like writing things down like me. Like I have multiple journals for different things. Right. Other people do like Google Sheets. Other people just meditate on it. But we have to be able to focus ourselves in order to get to where we want to go. So you talk about meditation. Let's spend some time on that. How, how critically important is that to your success and do you think others' success? It's interesting because I believe meditation is just allowing ourselves to be fully present in the moment. It's not at all checking. I used to have a difficult relationship with meditation because I thought I had to sit on a pillow and like escape life. Right. But it was right. actually the opposite, right? It's like bringing life into you, feeling everything, seeing it. And so meditation could be a really good workout. It could be a really good session where you're, you know, now my meditation practice looks like I do guided meditations. I will sit in the bathtub and close my eyes and do like visualizations. So I think it's important to just find something that works for you. I think in the community of, you know, self-help and, and personal growth, meditation kind of gets a rap where people are like, ah, I either love it or I don't like it, stay away. But ultimately, it is instrumental for us in becoming more balanced because it's allowing you to stop looking and being consumed with info out of you, outside of you, and instead going inward to just let yourself be. Yeah. And I think it's hard too, because I'm sure you're like me, where you're a fast paced, you know, kind of always get going. For me, it helps me to slow down and just, you know, yes, kind of control like life, if you will, almost for that five, 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is. And you know, I'm a big fan of doing it with my kids. And, you know, it's just, I, I don't know. I think there's something about it that helps a fast paced person with a crazy life. Um, Sure. slow down and be in that moment more. Yeah. It also has uh, this balancing effect, right? Like after you do it, don't you just feel like you just kind of, you're, you're realigned with yourself. No, I, yeah. I mean, I feel like, I mean, I don't even know, but I would assume my blood pressure is even lower, right? For <laughs> I mean, sure. My, yeah. my heart beats lower. I'm not like, just like, so not even like, I'm not jittery, but you know, I'm just like constantly on the, on the go and it just, it helps yeah. me slow my roll, right? Slow right. my roll. And so. I think it's a great tool. I think it's one of the many tools that we can use. Another tool that I use a lot, and also I enjoy Seeker, I give a lot of journal prompts because okay. journaling, my practice now in the morning will be like a, a nature walk with my dog. I love mm. nature. And that sets us up for the day. And then I come back and do a mini meditation. And then I will journal for about five minutes at least. And you just, you can ask a strategic question, um, you know, um, or you can actually just, just let it rip, just write, write your little heart out. That's right. And I think it's important too, because a lot of people, I do a lot of journaling and what I call strategic think time. Yes. I think it's important to just slow down with that journal to think and a blank page. And I know some of my best ideas and my thoughts and 
dreams and all those things have come from me, no technology and my black journal and just writing things down. Exactly. That's exactly how it goes. And it's, it's similar to the same idea when you're, you're not taking in information. Instead, you're allowing your inner kind of intuitive voice to kick in and your guidance system to, right. to help you. So I watched a YouTube video. You talked about your best morning rituals, uh, mm-hmm. your uh, YouTube video. So talk to us about that. Share with our listeners some of the best morning rituals that we can have. Yeah. So I think definitely waking up and being in gratitude is really important. Instead of looking at your phone right away or checking emails or quickly jumping out and going through this frantic pace before I even set my feet on the ground, I will just do a gratitude, whether it's a prayer or a meditation. I hug my dog because I'm single right now and my dog is my best buddy. You know, I got a new dog (laughs) and I'm just in so much gratitude with that. And then I, I, I set an intention for the day. How do I want my day to go? Now, I love what I do, so it doesn't feel like I work at all. It's very different than the older version of me, the younger me, where it was very stressful to get out, and some days it was hard to even get out of bed. So that's where the practice really comes in. My practice has changed over the years because now I jump out and I'm excited for the day. Um, Drinking water, something to help kind of help you focus, but also I think doing something for you within the first half hour you wake up is really important. For me, it's a nature walk, journaling, meditation, but it's it's very important. The morning routine is often overlooked, I think, yeah. for our own well-being. Yeah. So what books, obviously besides your own, uh, what books would you recommend for our listeners? What have been a game changer for you? One of the most instrumental books on my own journey, I read it about the time when I was like search, soul searching, kind of looking, overcoming my depression. It's by Abraham and Esther Hicks, um, and it's called uh, Ask and It Is Given. Ask, Ask and It Is Given. given. Yeah. In fact, in the, here's my book, Joy Seeker, and in the very back <laughs> of this book, more than it, over, I, I have other books, but in this book, I actually list out a whole list of all the books that have really, really changed. And the very first one on there is Ask and It Is Giving. It's learning how to manifest your desires. So that one just really, really just the the concepts, I grabbed it. And that's really how I believe I'm living in part that teaching, how I'm able to live the life I love today. I'm also very much a fan of um, Sinea Roman's work. She has a book called Living with Joy. So the teachers for me are usually – really wise in the sense of spiritual teachers and their books are very much grounded in universal wisdom. So that book you were just holding up there, Joy Seeker, talk to me about that. If, if I had to go, if I'm listening to this and I got to go to one section, your favorite section in the book, mm-hmm. what is it? <laughs> well, I will say that with Joy Seeker, I take you on a journey because I went on a journey as well. So it's set up in journeys and there's like phases to this. Part one is the realizing. We have to realize how we got where we are. It's about accountability, right? Part two, you go into the releasing, letting go, and then it moves you into the allowing, the actualizing. And then my favorite, favorite section is the being. So I don't want to say get the book and go to the very end, but make it to the very end because that <laughs> is the most powerful. Like, I've had people who have read it and they, they get to the end and then they email me or they call me or they text me and they're like, holy, because like, this is amazing because what the right. end is, is about the book is let go of what's holding you back. So you can be who you're meant to be and who you're meant to be is not the job we think we need or the job title. Like, yes, we're, you're a dad. Yes. You're, you know, we have these jobs, But who we're meant to be is so much bigger than that. And so when we let go of the labels and we step into our true purpose, which is to experience life, to love, to love deeper, 
And that's what that section's about. It's about giving yourself permission to literally go deeper with your life and play with the world. But what if I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing? Right. What, what if I have no idea? I don't know. I mean, I do, but I mean, right, right. But maybe someone listening doesn't. Right. And that's exactly what this book is about. Joy secret. Cause when I believe it or not, I was eight years into living my dream life as a coach and writer. I had four best-selling books out when Tucker died. I questioned everything. I wow. was like, do I even want to write anymore? I know I love writing, but do I want to put it out for people? And it was, it was this soul seeking journey where I had to pull back. And I felt like that place invites other people wherever you are, if you don't know what it is you want. And so what it really is, if you don't know what you want, that's a beautiful place to be because you're getting clarity on what you don't want. Start to take the steps towards what feels good. When I very first left corporate, I did not know I wanted to be a writer, but I went, I had an inner voice that said, take a trip to Paris and bring your computer. And I was like, I don't, I don't write. Why would I do that? But I right. did it. And I wrote an article in that article. The very first article I ever wrote about me running through Paris got published in chicken soup for the soul. Wow. And, and so I was like, okay, if you connect the dots, looking back, like I think Steve Jobs says, it makes sense. But looking forward, I would have never known if I ignored that voice to bring that computer, yeah. I probably wouldn't have had that article that gave me that insight to become a published author. So how did you do that? So you write the article, you're like, oh, I think this is pretty good. I'm a biased writer, but maybe yeah. you were hard on it, which we're going to talk about the inner voice in a second. Do you send it to chicken, just say chicken soup for the soul? Yeah, yeah. Do so you chicken. send it to them? I mean, how does that even happen? Well, there's, it's, and that's just, I have an author mentorship program. And when I work with authors, it's very different for everyone, but the, the process is very much in alignment with who you are. So for me, I was already on the chicken soup for the soul email list. Cause I liked their okay. books yep. and I saw funny enough. I saw that said story call out. We're looking for stories on thinking positive. And here I was a depressed girl in Paris who chose right. positive thoughts. And so the story was like a really relevant story to get picked up. And since then I've been published multiple times. Um, I think seven times and it's a beautiful partnership. So it's one of those things where you just have to, the, I believe, and I talk about this in the book too, there's signs all around. As soon as you say, I want this, maybe an email comes through, maybe an old friend comes back and you haven't talked to them. Right. Maybe you, you know, there's like things that are working on your behalf. The universe is talking to you. I like it. Deep thoughts here with Shannon. I like it. Yes. Um, <laughs> talk to us about that inner voice. We've all, I shouldn't say we all, that's not fair. Uh, no, I think we all, we all okay. have. Yeah, I think we all have that inner voice. This, I, always, I always picture this little guy over here saying, you can do it, right? And then this person over here says, you're an idiot. And what are you thinking? And so how do I eliminate this guy over here on my right shoulder that says, Brett, what are you thinking? You know, it's interesting because I call it the good fear. I think we're trained to think that we're, our fear is kind of running the show for most of us, that inner critic. Right before people ask, so what happened on my Joy Seeker journey? Just let me back up and I'll answer that because it all comes together. On my Joy Seeker journey, I was suffering before I left um, with my grief. And I read an article that said the number one regret of the dying is you know, people on their deathbed were interviewed. I wish I would have lived a life true to myself, not the one mm -hmm. others expected of me. And when I read that, I realized so many of us are living for others because of fear of what others will think, fear that we're not going to do it right, fear that we're going to let people down. So fear is driving about 98% of our decisions. And then I said, oh my gosh, I don't want to get to the end of my life and have me be the statistic. So I said, what have I always wanted to do that I have not given myself permission to do? 
Mm. And my inner voice, this was through my dark grief, said travel the world full time for a year. And as a life coach and a writer, I'm able to do that. And so I set out to travel for the year before I left. People, now that I'm back, I traveled. That's what the book shares, different parts of the journey. But now that I'm back, interesting enough, uh, people ask, were you scared? And I wasn't scared at all while traveling, but before. And this is the point I'm bringing up. Fear gets loudest right before we're stepping into the next level. Our fear, our inner critic, I'm calling them the same thing because your inner voice that says you're stupid, not good enough, it's probably right before you're launching something, right before you're doing something that's brave, something that really means something to you. So we have to take that step forward because as soon as we do, the fear goes away. It Amen. gets extra loud because it's trying to control you. Yeah, and I know you've listened to the show before, so you maybe heard me ask this question, but the, the fears we put in our mind, how many of those actually in your mind blew up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be? Negative zero, like zero, zero. Negative zero yeah. is a positive, but zero. I know what you meant. Definitely zero. And that's the thing. That's the thing. Fear. And that actually helped me when I was really overcoming my depression. One of the things before I became a writer, I asked myself, well, what's the worst that's going to happen if I leave my job in advertising and Amen. leave this guy? What's the worst? And I had like go bankruptcy, be homeless, like all these things. And after I looked at him, I was like, okay, can I handle the worst if it really happens? And then on top of that, will that ever really happen? Right. And it was like this fear plays tricks on us, right? Yeah. And I think you're, you're right. Like you put every bad thought that would ever happen and they, that just doesn't happen. And it's, but I will say I've, I've asked people that and not even on the podcast, but you know, they've talked about, yes, things have happened, but my outcome or my, my response to that outcome wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. That's another right? So the bad thing yes. really still happened. Yes. But the end result wasn't what happened. So I think that's always, always good to look at. So um, I take your cell phone from you right now. I steal it and I'll give it back. So don't worry, but I have to delete all of your apps except one and it can't be email because that's boring. Uh, what's the one app you would not do well without? Well, um, <laughs> When you frame it that way, I'm currently kind of <laughs> thinking in my mind, I want to do like a digital detox and just kind of escape the social media and escape all of them. Um, so there's not really But you any can't do that, they t say, Shannon. You're one of the most influential people on social media, right? <laughs> but the, the, see, the way you worded it, though, one I couldn't do without, I want to be the person who's like, oh, I'd be fine without. Right. So I will say the one that I'm really enjoying the most uh, is the community that I have on Instagram. And, and I know yeah. that Instagram has changed all of their, their rules and their algorithms. And I'm not even paying attention to any of that because I love the people who show up. Yep. I'm trying to make a creative, positive space online. I also love my Facebook community, but with the new algorithms, I don't, I don't know if many people see anything that we post online anymore. Yeah. So that's the thing. Um, I would actually say, I know it's not really an app, but if you're just doing your photos, I would, or just talking about the phone, I would say my photos, I love taking pictures on my phone, just capturing the moment, whether I share them or not, that is a special, I take lots of pictures yep. on there. You know, I do too. I, I think I've got like 29,000 photos, literally yeah. 29,000 photos <laughs> on amazing. my camera. I mean, I, I'm a photography geek, but you know what I started this year? This has really been cool. Every 90 days. So, you know, I did it on, on April 1st and then, you know, the next three months and the next three months and I'm looking forward to doing it already again in less than a month. I've gone through the last 90 days of my photo album yeah. and just write down everything that we did as a family or I did 
and how thankful I am for that. And I put it in my gratitude journal. I can I tell you, that. it's been awesome because how many times do you take pictures and then you actually don't go back and look through them? Yes. Right? I but it's love been a really idea. cool exercise to do. So I'm going to implement that too. That's a great idea because sometimes I'll go back a couple of years and I'm like, oh yeah, I totally forgot. But right? just doing it more, more often yeah. is a great idea. That is the best part about, I think, about the uh, Facebook time hop or whatever they call that thing where yes. like there was <laughs> this one this you. morning of my wife and I from 11 years ago. And I think I called it the self-portrait. I don't even know if selfie was a word then or not, but I'm like, right? I'm a self-portrait. <laughs> yes, I love that. It is nice when they remind you and it's like just a, a, it makes you pause and kind of reflect on this time, you know, where I was a year ago. I think we can do that for the future too. Like imagine where you want to be in a year from now, from a coaching perspective. That always mm. helps as well. Yeah. Yep. So where do you want to be a year from now? I'll turn around and ask you that same question. What do you see? What's on, what's in the mind's eye? Yeah, I'm currently uh, working on regrouping on every level. Personally, I'm one of the. I'm making a blog right now that's going to be published pretty soon. It's top questions we need to ask ourselves before the end of the year. Hmm. And I'm I'm everything I do and share. I, I'm working through and have done myself. And one of those questions is, am I where I want to live? And Portland's been home for me, but I I really feel called to Sedona, Arizona. I love it there. I've been there. I have some one of my my mentors and best friends lives there. So I ideally would like to be living in Sedona, Arizona, but that's a personal thing. As far as professionally, I, I'm working on my next book already. Nice. And, and so I'm, I'm looking at... Well, you need to get after. You're kind of wasting time. The last one just came out a month ago, so you need to get to work. <laughs> Got to just right. jump forward. Just get go, right? right? Back in it. That's how get it goes. Go, go, don't stop. Um, right. So these questions I think are really powerful at the end of the year, but am I living where I want to live? Another one is... Um, Am I, am I who I want to, who am I with who I want to be with, you know, if you're in a relationship, but there's also, I just, it's, it's more or less just going inward on really getting clear about is my life instead of just being on autopilot and settling. It's about consciously creating a life that feels good. And, you know, in your family structure, creating, working together to get to where you all want to go together. I like it. Well, where can our listeners, as we just talked about getting off social media, but where can our listeners find more uh, of you? <laughs> yes. Where are you at? My website is playwiththeworld.com. So I'd love to connect with you there on Facebook and Instagram. It's Shannon Kaiser, K-A-I-S-E-R writes, as in my author page, W-R-I-T-E-S. It's great stuff. Your, uh, your website is really cool. You got a lot of good stuff on there. I love your videos. You're traveling all over the world. You yeah. know, that, that's a risk that I think a lot of people would like to do, but they don't have the courage to do it. So I congratulate you for doing that. And Shannon, you're putting a lot of good stuff out in the world. We need more people like you. People need to turn off the TV, get on places like your website and pay attention to that stuff and not all the other nonsense going on. You agree? I agree. And listen to this pod, like a podcast and, and keep aligning with, with things that feel good and aligning with all of what you're doing too. So yes, thank you. I agree. We need to stop. And I talk about that in Joy Seeker too, you know, and eliminate distractions. One of the biggest distractions is, is the stuff that's going on in the world right now that is media. Just, just click away. Don't worry. You're not missing right. much. I promise. I, I turned it off about a year and a half ago and it's been one of the best things I've ever done. Just Doesn't know, it feel uh, so good? Oh, uh, well, how did you hear about this, this, and this? I'm like, nope. I'm like, I know. No it idea. It's and so beautiful. It. Yeah. it gives us more time to connect with loved ones and really live our life instead of like just participating in fear. That's right. If it has to do with my family or our firm, then I'm, I'm all in. If it does not, then... Uh, Amen. I'm so I'm proud of you. That's what we should all do, honestly. 
Well, Shannon, it's been great to have you. We'll put the uh, places where you can find your books, your uh, social media stuff, your website, all in the show notes. It's been awesome having you. And thanks so much for being on the Circuit of Success. Thanks. It's been great to be here. Thanks. Tune in next week for another episode of the Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm. 